0: Welcome, you're listening to the Pastor's Class Podcast. Either you couldn't make it to class last weekend, or you're just wanting a refresher on what was taught, this is the place for you. You can also visit our website at pastorsclass.org for any other information you might need. We really do hope this message blesses you, and that you leave here with more knowledge of the Word of God in your heart. And again, thank you for listening. So tonight, we're going to talk about um, Paul's testimony, how Paul... um, chose to share his testimony in a very difficult time. Um, This is kind of another one of the transition points in the book of Acts. Um, We've seen Paul the last few chapters on missionary journeys. Tonight we're going to see him kind of transition into uh, being that preacher in prison. Um, He's arrested, um, but he was still faithful, um, selfless. Um, And I think we'll see tonight as a reminder as well, that when persecution comes, it it brings an opportunity. So just tonight, think about persecution equals opportunity. It's all about how we think. It's all about our perspective. But just like Paul, if you've placed your faith and trust in Christ, you have a testimony. It may not be as dramatic as Paul's, but we all have a story, right? And if you're like me, if you grew up in the church in any way, you have been taught how to write it out or to share it in three parts. Your life before Christ, your encounter with Jesus, and then your life after Christ, right? I mean, has everybody, everybody's heard that? Well, that's exactly what we're going to see when we get to um, the first 21 verses or so of 22 is Paul just gives us that illustration. And he does this in front of a group of angry people who had one goal, and that was to kill him. So Paul is facing death, and we're going to see he chooses to just share a story. He didn't get out a Bible and beat him over the head. He just tells how he got saved. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So I'm not going to read all the text because there there is a lot, but I'll kind of give a a quick overview of a a background. Um, The rest of chapter 21, verses 27 through 40, um, Paul is coming to Jerusalem, And he wants to make peace with the angry folks, so he agrees to seven days of purification, which is what happens when you've been around Gentiles. And we've talked about in previous chapters that Paul was out on missionary journeys to the Gentiles. And I'm not going to go into detail again, but we have talked about a lot, how much the Jews hate the Gentiles. I mean, pure hatred. They wanted nothing more. They had no issues if a Gentile converted to being a Jew, but if a Gentile converted to Christ the same way the Jew converted to Christ, it was a problem. They didn't want them in the church. And we see that kind of in today's church, right? We're okay coming to church a lot of times as long as um, there's most everybody looks like us, acts like us, talks like us, right? Um, and that's what um, is going on here. So Paul had spent a lot of time in the Gentile territory, if you will. And then, like I said, the Jews aren't happy. And these Jews are from Asia. The text says um, in verse 27, they're from Asia. So we can um, pull that this is the same group of angry Jews that we talked about three or four weeks ago in Ephesus. Because these Jews here traveled from Asia. They traveled from there. And we talked about then, about that riot they started there. So they're continuing to go after Paul preaching the gospel they're still very angry and they had just assumed because um, verse 29 it says they had seen trophimus the ephesian with paul around the city when paul's there so now they've made an assumption they've seen a gentile in the city with paul so he must be in the temple right this gentile must be in the temple so we have to kill paul because Paul's going through the seven days of purification, but he's, he's allowed a Gentile in our temple, and that's it. We've, we're done, right? So that's what the Jews are going through, um, because there's very strict laws of no Gentiles allowed in the in the temple, and if you break that law or break that rule of allowing a Gentile into the temple, it's death. So now they've seen a Gentile in the city, they've seen Paul in the city and in the temple, so... Their math says Paul has brought the man in the temple, so Paul has to die. So then they go get all the people around town angry with them. But one thing I want to point out here, though, that we need to remember, it was the Jews in Jerusalem 30 years before that rejected Jesus. So 30 years later, it's the same group of Jews in in Jerusalem that are now turning against Paul, who is preaching Jesus. And then the rest of this section, um, we see the tribune in Jerusalem, they, they kind of take charge. They want to they make peace with this. Um, and God actually used Roman soldiers to save Paul from death at this point. So Paul has been inaccurately accused, captured in a very violent way, and taken with the intent to kill him. So think about that. You've been inaccurately accused, You've been taken in a violent way, and somebody wants to kill you. What's going through your mind? I promise you your first thought is not, I'm going to share my testimony with these people. I'm going to tell you how I became a Christian. I'm not, right? I'm scared. But this is exactly what Paul does. He says, time out. Let me speak. I just want to talk for a minute. So again, persecution has brought him an opportunity. At the end of that section, verse 39, like I said, Paul requested... um, To speak, he shows us. He's living out the command to love those who hate us. He demonstrates that for us. I'm going to read you um, Luke 21 12 through 14. It says, But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before the kings and governors for my name's sake. This is Jesus speaking. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it, therefore, in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer. The New Living Translation in uh, verse 13, it says, But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So Jesus is, is, is tell, told the disciples, Hey, look, when, you're the, when, when they have taken you um, and they're bringing you before the government, this is your opportunity to share about me and my love. This is exactly what Paul has done. So he's requested to speak. So I'm going to read the first 21 verses of chapter 22. Brothers and fathers, hear the defense that I now make before you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew language, they became even more quiet. And he said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of... There we go. According to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, as all of you are this day, I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering prison to prison both men and women, as a high priest and the whole council of elders can bear me witness. From them I received letters to the brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those also who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished." And he said, The God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear a voice from his mouth. For you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. When I had returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple. I fell into a trance, and I saw him saying to me, Make haste, get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves know that in one synagogue after another, I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of Stephen, your witness, was being shed, I myself was standing by and approving and watching of the garments of those who killed him. And he said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. So the first five verses, he, he illustrates how we're going to tell our testimony, right? He tells him he is a Jew. He's trying to get credibility with them, right? He's well-educated. Hey, I'm like you. I'm a Jew. I'm well-educated. I know and I studied the law. Hey, just a few years ago, I was doing what you're doing. That's the same way we're to share our testimony with someone, right? We've got to get some common ground. You know, it doesn't work really when you go and just pop them with a the Bible and turn or burn or whatever phrase you want to use. It's just a conversation. It's credibility you know find find something common that you can talk about and then he starts telling verses 6 through 16 he talks about his encounter with Jesus and it's important that we like Paul be very clear that it's nothing that we did it's something Jesus did for us there's nothing when we're sharing our testimony there's, there's nothing we did other than respond to Jesus and say yes to Jesus um You know, and I mean, I just wrote down here, Paul wanted to know one thing is that Jesus, it was Jesus who changed his life. And then in 17 through 21, um, he talks about um, his life after encountering Jesus. He said it was God who changed his life and it weren't for that, He, he would be right there still persecuting Christians. So if it wasn't for Jesus, I'd still be doing what you're trying to do. Um, so again, just another, um, just a good um, example of how we are to respond and, and always be ready to share our testimony. The, the last um, section, 22 through 29, it gets a little dicey um, because they're listening at this point, but then Paul mentions one word. He mentions the word Gentile, and then it's over again. It just, it just gets nasty, right? But we're going to see here that Paul had a trump card he could have mentioned at the very beginning. He could have told him he was a Roman citizen and they would have, by law, couldn't have held him. But he didn't do that. Why? Because Jesus said, when you are being held captive, share your testimony. Paul was obeying Jesus. He was obeying God and God's divine plan for his life. Even though, very simply, Paul could have shut it down from the beginning. But he chose to share his story, be open, talk about how Jesus changed his life, and then brings up the fact that he is a Roman citizen. Not only that, um, he had like the highest prestige. He was born a Roman citizen. The text talks a little bit about some people have purchased theirs, but he was um, born one. Um, So Paul remained focused on his mission, not his personal convenience or freedom. How many times, I know for me, I would much rather care about my personal convenience. Anybody else like that? Right? You know, don't mess with me. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm here. So really, in this lesson, all I can do is we can just look at Paul's example. Think about this. Paul would rather be in prison than to give up his passion for the lost and building God's church. I can't stand here before you and say, I'd rather be in prison. You know, I could probably easily give up my passion for, for the lost, you know, right? If I'm given a choice of prison. I mean, the right answer is, yeah, I'll go to prison. But in my flesh, that's hard. But that's what Paul did. And that's what he's illustrating here. He's not walking away from God's call on his life to build up his church and passion for the lost. You know, the Bible says at all costs, right? You know, I'm not aware of anybody in the room that's been put in a similar situation as Paul, but I can just tell you that he did exactly what Jesus tells us to do. And I just hope that if we're ever in a difficult situation like that, that you and I both would Um, Think back to Jesus' words, to be his witness, but also look at what Paul did, right? So persecution equals opportunity. So what does all this mean? Well, um, if you've been here before, you know that um, I'm pretty simple-minded. I I try not to overthink it. So my two takeaways um, is everybody has a story. You have a story, I have a story. That's the first thing we have to remember. And, you know, sometimes you hear somebody share their story, and it's pretty dramatic, and then you think about your own life and go, nobody will ever listen to my story because I don't have all this hardship, and I, wasn't, I didn't go through addiction or whatever the case may be, and you, know, and you, and you feel inadequate, right? Because I don't have anything dramatic. I don't have anything dramatic like Paul. Jesus didn't blind me. Um, and some guy lead me down the road, you know, and, and then I see the, see the light. But we have a story. We all have a life before Christ. We all have encountered Jesus, right? And then God's doing something in our life now. So just remember, you have a story. And the second thing is everyone is in a situation where you can share your story, a good, a good situation or a bad situation. It doesn't have to be something as dramatic as what Paul was in. We're all in a situation every day that we can share our story. So how are you doing? Think about that. I think there's two things I wrote down. The more I share, the first thing is the more people hear about Jesus. The second thing is the more I share my story, the more prepared I am for that moment. Like Paul. I don't need to wait until I'm in a very difficult situation to go, okay, how am I going to share my story, Right? What's God doing in my life right now? The more, If it becomes just your lifestyle, you're prepared for the good situations and you're prepared for the bad situations. So it needs to become a lifestyle. So the challenge um, for me this week was just asking myself, am I seeking a title or my testimony? Am I being faithful to the mission of Christ? And... What are people going to say about me after they've dropped me in the ground as a preacher said and threw dirt on me? And they go back to eating potato salad. What are they going to say, right? Hopefully, it has nothing to do with my career. Hopefully, they don't talk about what I did for a job, right? Hopefully, it's how I treated people. It's how I treated my family. How I, how I love Jesus. And so this week, another part of the struggle this week is, it seems like, and I know everybody here can identify with it, the family calendar, we have a dry erase calendar that Sarah puts up every month, and at the beginning of the month, it doesn't look so bad, and then about the second, okay, third day of the month, you look at it and go, holy cow, how are we going to do all this? You know, we're just so busy, and our kids are not overly involved, but it's just, there's always stuff going on, and sometimes I, that stuff just gets on my nerves, you know the busyness I mean it's every night it seems like and now you know going separate ways and I just was struggling with the word busy for like the last ten days or so and then on Monday, I saw several several friends post stuff on social media about that topic about guarding your time and carving out time for certain things and and it just really it was timely for me um, because that word busy was really getting under my skin, and I was just ready to throw my hands up and not be busy. You know, I just, what's wrong with wanting to be at home sometimes, right? But then I started thinking about, what if I changed my thinking when I look at that calendar and I go, everything written on that calendar is an opportunity? What if I approached my personal calendar, whether it be at work, our family calendar, as an opportunity to share our story? What if we all did that? You know, we're all involved in some things outside of church, whether it be going to work. I know our family, um, Sarah's very involved at the kids' school. We have six weeks before she's done with PTO president. Just a little side note. Um, But anyway, I'm just a little excited. Um, It's like a second job. But anyway, but we look at all the stuff on our calendar. What if we all approach that as opportunities, right? Right? So it's just transforming our thinking. So I want to challenge you this week or tomorrow before you start the new week and you just pull out your calendar for the week and just look at everything that's on it and just think about the word opportunity, opportunity. And also on Monday, um, as the word busy was, it got me grumpy and I hadn't even started the day yet, um, I opened the the Bible app and Those of us that are going through the read the Bible through in a year, um, Luke 9.23 was a part of the reading on Monday. It's very familiar to most of you. Um, And he said to all, if anyone want to come after me, let him to deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. The New Living Translation. Then he said to the crowd, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. So to me, what this whole thing is about tonight is Paul's example of giving up his own way, taking up his cross daily, and following Jesus. And that will lead to opportunities to share your testimony. At the bottom of my notes, the last two things I wrote two questions Tyler testimony, my way or his way. I know the right answers, the church answers are testimony and his way, right? But a lot of times, life style doesn't equal testimony in his way. A lot of times, it may equal title in my way. Because um, a lot of times, I know nobody else in here is like this, but sometimes I think my way is better or I like my way. Um, I get comfortable. When things are good, um, I just do things my way because things are good. Why, why disrupt what's good, right? Uh oh, Darren struck a nerve back there. Um, but my way isn't always good, right? His way is the best way, and and we truly understand His way when we do what Jesus said in Luke 9:23. We deny ourselves, or New Living Translation. We give up our own way. So this week, I challenge you, even in the busyness of your calendar, give up your own way. Even though those things on there are things you have to do or need to do, just give, just give up those and just think about the word opportunity. So everywhere you go this week, opportunity, opportunity. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Me. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word still speaks today. We thank you for Paul and his example that no matter what, we deny ourselves. We follow you, and we never, ever, ever turn away an opportunity to share our story. God, I pray that you would remind each one of us in here that we do have a story. You've done and are doing a work in each one of our lives. We shouldn't hold that in. And God, I pray that as we go home tonight and we spend tomorrow preparing for the new week, that we look at our calendars And you just etched the word opportunity on our minds and our hearts this week that every day we would wake up and recognize it as an opportunity to tell somebody about you and what our community and our culture would be like if we would all just take this opportunity. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for this class. Thank you for everybody that's here. Go with us now. All of us who pray in your name, amen. Thank you for listening.